so I think it's time for a return to a, a featurette that yep. we had before. That's right. Um, which was, I don't remember what it was the, called. The, the David Martin children. Uh, it was a scouting report. Securing, yeah, the scouting report. Yeah, of, the David of, Martin uh, scouting yeah, report. Li- the little, little loons. Yeah, little uh, loons. scouting report. So yep. my kids yep. were f- three, I guess, still at that point, and um, they were in soccer, and they were not good. Like, you know, not not they were bad at soccer. So now they're four, and I'm thinking, well, now I can start cashing those retirement now checks. now they're good at soccer. Yeah, and so we're they're in a new soccer program right now. Like, like we were done with but soccer. So they we're moved like, up. Cl- clearly you didn't care. Yeah, they moved up by <laughs> virtue of age, yeah. They All were right. promoted, promoted to being older than they used to be. And not relegated, so take that, uh, Yeah. Uh, Dude, if they if <laughs> they keep pl- if they keep playing the same way that they played this first game last weekend, they will be relegated back to being three <laughs> years old. Not ideal. They didn't do anything. Benjamin started crying. He they used his ball like we all had to bring our own ball, and so they were using his ball to play with. And he got mad at everybody that they were they wouldn't let him have the ball because it was his ball. Wait, was they, like, they made you buy a ball. Yeah. All right. Yeah, which which by the way we're seems like a fucking scam, man. <laughs> yeah, we're paying like two hundred dollars for yeah, soccer. Like, like see if you get a ball, but what? Yeah, he got mad at that. Neither of them ever ran after the ball. It was just a clusterfuck. They understand the what the point of soccer is, right? I'm starting to wonder. Okay. I don't believe so. I think Sorry. they think the point of soccer is punishment. I think they <laughs> think that we got mad at them and now we just want to teach them a that's, lesson. So that's fair. God damn it. Live from Fitzgerald's, we are the Daves you know, this is the Daves I know. hate is um this is a song i cannot stand it's fucking worst is um stop the uh the man in the mirror all right i'm just gonna what a garbage I'm song just gonna, i'm just gonna say something right now before yeah. you can say any more words what um, a garbage song do not what did he sample prince on that one say anything bad about michael jackson <laughs> dude you may have to come to actual literal fisticuffs on this podcast. No, I I, 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 I withstood your garbage Prince takes. And if you are going to come at me with uh, Michael Jackson as not a great artist, Prince, no, like, no, hot no, takes, no, no, no. You've, then, mis- you've misunderstood. Then, then we're going to, we are literally going to step outside of Fitzgerald's. We're going to step out onto the corner of Western and Selby. We're going to fight the shit out of each other. No, 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 no. I, I like Michael Jackson. I think Michael Jackson is fantastic, but I do not care for that song. Fine. Is that fair? No, but that's fine. It's nobody just I have to like every song he did. You don't. You don't have to like that song. That's fine. It's, it's still a great song. I love that song. I cry at that song every single time I hear that song. Well, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> because Differ- it's differently. Yeah. No, yeah. not because it's amazing. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's fucking it's terrible. Amazing, it's so. boring. What do you? Right. Uh, what have you been up to, man? Uh, you know, it's been a it's been a week. 
had some had some you know super awesome uh, media coverage for the for the day job, which is great. Uh, otherwise, yeah, um, watched a couple of really shitty Minnesota United games. How about you? What, did you, what were you up to this week? Yeah, I watched them too, unfortunately. Um, you actually watched them this time? Yeah. What do you mean this time? I've always watched the game. I don't know. Well, sometimes you don't. Sometimes I don't always go to them, but I always <laughs> well, watch them. Well, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have, you know, like you have more important things like, you know, your kids and all that, which I totally get. It's fine. Man, yeah. I mean, sometimes those are good games to miss. Like, I've, uh, t- Yeah, I've been lucky. Like this, that some. Wednesday game would have been a really good game to miss, and that, that Saturday <laughs> yeah. game. Also, it would have been a really good game to miss, but... Oh, man, I'm we'll just in this... More, uh, no, I'm in this, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, like, vir- violent spiral of depression. That's, like, occupying a lot of my time right now. That's and uh, other than that, I've... Um, also TIFO, right? Well, that's a big part of it. You know, <laughs> that's okay, that's part of the violent spiral, uh, spiral of, depre- of depression. There's hundreds and hundreds of dollars of fabric in the back of my uh, van right now. If you're looking for fabric... It's f- yeah. if you don't mind it having paint all over it, yeah. it's a fine place to get fabric. Some right PVC. Now, we're staying some PVC. It sounds like a drug. <laughs> I always hear PVC pipe. I'm like, what are you smoking? <laughs> anyway, that was the dumbest joke. I'm not going to tell any more jokes tonight. Um, we should talk about soccer because we got Maybe. two games yeah. to uh, to talk about. And the first one, can, can we like spend three minutes or fewer on this on that first game that sure. midweek game? Yeah. Um, Okay, so, LAFC. As we always talk about, I want you to tell me. Um, can we? I don't know. Maybe we just like maybe we just give our impressions. We don't have to actually okay, go through yeah, the okay. whole fucking thing. Maybe we'll get a little bit um, more in depth on San Jose. So I watched this game at New Bohemia with the Dark Clouds, and I actually sat with Bruce McGuire most of the game. Uh, me and him basically like by ourselves, kind of for most of the game, sitting and watching watching the game, and we we're, we're chatting back and forth. And if you ever if you ever get a chance to sit down um, at a table and watch uh, an away match with Bruce McGuire and just listen to him talk, like the guy is like. Amazing and brilliant. You've heard him on the podcast here before, um, but you get you get to have some like really interesting conversations with him. And a couple of things that we, you know, obviously like uh, we looked really good for like five minutes at the start of the game. You know, when they hit the post, which was not great for us, but then Quintero hit the post. Thought it was going in. Thought we were going to get a, a goal, like we had talked about the week before. Like nick that first goal and then bunker, and maybe you hold on for a point. Yep. Um, clearly that didn't happen. Uh, looking back at the end of the game, like at halftime, we were, we're like, oh, but you know, it wasn't the worst. Even that they were down two nothing, you're know, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't seem you're like on the, the road. The worst LA. first half performance. Oh. And at the end of the game, when we saw like how many shots LAFC had taken. Oh, it was a brutal number. Twenty nine shots. shots to our like what seven or something like that. I b- may not have been that much. Yeah, four I, maybe. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the, the, the moment for me where I was just, I was just realizing that we had just and, – and we and we, it's not like we played a completely, you know, you know B-side squad. We played, you know, a good majority of our of our starters. Obviously, we did not have Ibsen. Um, didn't have uh, Ramirez or Toy. Uh, you know, obviously, right. Quintero on that sort of that false nine role, which, right. you know, we talked about. Is, uh, that's where we expected him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really, really terrible game. You know, the only person who actually acquitted himself fairly well, Quintero played okay. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he had that post that should have gone in. Ibarra played really well, I thought. Um, continuing, I agree. Continuing a, a run of games where he's played, you know, he's been the spark plug, and, and, you know, he had two shots that were blocked that, you know, he had really good chances at. But right. other than that, I mean. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Carter Manley. I, I think he's he's rough, yeah, he, yeah. but I, I think he shows promise. I think if he can keep advancing at the pace that I think he's advancing, I think he's going to do good things. Yeah, and then, I, I mean, you know, 
Francisco Calvo, Frankie, just played terrible in that yeah. game. Uh, he had a terrible yellow card. Um, he was responsible for both of the goals that were scored, um, or at least partially responsible for both of the goals that were scored in LAFC. And honestly, like with the mistakes that he made, he probably should have been responsible for more than two goals. Um, I mean, Minnesota got lucky in that uh, they, were, they were leaving so much space for Carlos Velo and Diego Rossi. It, it, it blew my mind right. how much space they were leaving for those guys at the top of the box. Who else... Who else are you paying attention to? I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're both they're both on I think five and four goals respectively. Um, they, um, one is an MVP candidate at this point in the season, in my opinion, in um, Carlos Vela. So I, I don't I don't know how you aren't man marking him the entire yeah. game. If you've got no other ideas, then you at least need to make the center of the pitch a, a mess. But and we should have been able to do that more effectively because we were playing a more traditional number six style defensive midfielder in Max Miano, yeah. rather than and he actually, yeah he played well. The, the the crazy the crazy weird awesome thing is, is that Vela and Rossi and, and those guys actually didn't score the goals. I mean that's like the the worst part actually is Atuesta, the guy you talked about uh, yeah. last week about oh yeah this guy's the the guy that we should be exploiting scored a goal, and then Kay scored the other goal from a Latif Blessing header mm-hmm. into the box. But it wasn't because we were necessarily like just ball-hounding the two obvious stars and they were creating space for other guys, oh, too. No. These guys had space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it easily could have been them putting the goals in. That's And so that is problematic to me. I I get it. You can't just overcommit to one thing. They're a talented enough team that opens up opportunities somewhere else. But what precisely were we committed to then I is is my question I, I don't know I I don't know either I, I don't think anything I mean I think it, it, it was tactically very generic it was it sound it's I mean it, it looked like this team was literally just trying to kind of counter and maybe steal a goal and I, I don't I just I don't understand I don't I wish I really wish one of us like somebody could be in uh, like in the the, the week leading up to a match or the, the days leading up to a match to hear Inchi and hear this, the, the coaching staff what Watson says about how to play defensively what she's talking about doing offensively just to so that we then we can see like yeah. that manifest yeah. itself on the pitch because I don't think whether any, we're saying it's bad or good or anything yeah, we no, just want to know just, no exactly what was the plan here I w- what I would did that like look to like know, yeah exactly I would just like to know what we are trying to do on the field on any given day because yeah. I don't think Anybody who covers this team in any way, shape, or form, whether it's like casual fan who shows up every Saturday for a match, people like us who like look at this stuff a little bit more, people like uh, you know Jeff Reuter or you know the people at Fifty Five One who actually like study the game a little bit and actually like do the analysis and all that stuff, or people like MLS.com, like Matthew Doyle's and Andrew Weebies or whatever who who look at these games and, and actually watch these games multiple times, like. I don't think anybody fucking knows what this team is doing no, at any given moment, whether it's at home, on the road. I don't I have no fucking idea what this team is planning on doing, and that—that's probably one of the most frustrating. There's not, things. There's not an identity there, you know. And like, what we do you, t- I mean, we what tell do you think? possession? We talk about yeah. being a possession, or at least Heath talks about wanting to be a possession-based uh, type of team. That's a coaching style that he's harped on. We don't have the talent to be truly a possession-based team. One of the biggest pieces of that that we don't always talk about is the fact that we probably don't have the midfield presence, or at least the kind of midfield presence, that allows you to dominate a possession. Because because you need to be able to own the ball in the midfield, but we get out of the midfield very quickly, whether it means going, going forward or even dropping back. So, like... 
I don't know if it's a fact that the coaching is there and the tactics are there to be a possession-minded team, but we don't have the personnel to execute. But what it ends up looking like is that there's not a specific plan. It's just a format. It's like I'm playing FIFA, right? It's not like there's a lot of tactical new to me playing FIFA. I pick an approach that I think we're going to cover the ground that I want covered, and then uh, you know the, it's up to whether or not I'm good enough and have individual players good enough, but it's not like there's a strategy happening there. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I haven't spent so much long since I played FIFA, but but I was actually going to point this out in the uh, in the Sporting KC preview is that um, for a team that that professes to be a possession a possession team, we have one of the worst uh, midfield ball control rates in the league. I think it's like our midfield is controlling the ball like thirteen percent compared to the back line and the front line, right? Mm -hmm. So like our midfielders are controlling the ball. In so much as that they are passing either, as you mentioned, forwards or backwards. Like they're Ibsen and Schuler are not controlling the ball. Um, they're not possessing the ball in the middle of the pitch and 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 sort of like starting the attack there. Um, like we're getting a, a mad clearance from our defense, and they're either kicking it forward or they're kicking it back to somebody to try and reset. Like nothing is actually coming through the midfield, which is where if you are if you are, uh, uh, you know, a four-two-three-one team and you are trying to be a possession-based team. Shit should come through the midfield, not yeah, and you know. I, so you and, and you mentioned and that many many times. That's so. not that's not inherently bad either. Like you can play the way that we're choosing to play, but I think it's incompatible with what we're trying to say we are. We're this possession based team, and, and with the people that we have if, on the pitch. Yeah, and, that, and that's true too. So. Look, if you want to be Vancouver, if you want to get from back to front in no one five wants to be seconds, and then yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want to be. But if that's what you profess to be, then maybe we can be built like that. You know, but at least um, Vancouver says they're that, and oh, they and they and they. There's do no it. denying that they're and they that. Yeah. And they at least say that. No. Um, anyways, all right. So, anything else you want to talk about? We've said we, we can talk more specifically yeah, about San Jose. We talked way too much about I this stupid uh, fucking game. That I think we San Jose to. is what's on people's <laughs> minds. So let's uh, let's, yeah. let's do what the hell just happened with San Jose. First of all, what was your best moment of the game? Oh, well, I mean, I, you know, I'm gonna be uh, obvious here. There, there weren't were, many, so yeah. The Ramirez goal, yeah. obviously, that no look chip. Um, that was amazing. Uh, Ibarra, I mean, the, the, sort of the unsung hero of that was Ibarra again, putting pressure on uh, uh, the defender, uh, Salinas, um, to force a turnover. To, you know, he made a sort of a – Salinas made a no-look pass because he thought Youngworth was going to be in position. Um, he was not, obviously. Ramirez pounced on the ball. Um, no-look the keeper, just chipped him. It was fucking amazing. Not going to lie, that was the best moment of the game. Oh, it was clearly the best yeah. moment of the game. I, yeah, sometimes I like to try to pick out a pass or some moment that was sort of uh, indicative yeah. of a broader thing that they were trying. No, it was it was that. It was a moment that was just created out of nothing, that out of wizardry. That with the, the Ibarra pressure. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Forcing no, that. Like, forcing that. I'll give that, yeah. Amazing, so. And that's, that's a great uh, – maybe that's my off-ball example, right, <laughs> is, the, is Miguel Ibarra doing the kind of thing that um, – Honestly, and it, I, I'll blow what I'm gonna was about to say about um, whatchamacallit, Sporting Kansas City. Um, he does what I see Kyrie Shelton doing as a striker for Sporting Kansas City, and that it's not that he himself is scoring all the goals, but he can use his body and use his movement to make things happen for other people. I don't want to overstate it because we've said that about Miguel a bunch of times, but um, he can do that more effectively from a wing position than from a number 10 position if he's given license to roam. So I also like his work rate. Sure. So, who? What was the worst moment of the game? This this may. I don't know if this will be harder or easier. Just yeah, I don't know. I, so I, have, I have two potentials. You you may have you may have either of these. Um, so my first one was the the Wando cross to uh, Hosen uh, in the 69th minute. Um, like Calvo's positioning was just absolutely 
terrible. And why you don't why you don't position yourself to prevent a cross, knock the ball out, reset for the corner. Um, I mean, I, I understand probably what his thinking was is that, you know, from that position, that angle, he probably has to think that Boxel um, and maybe Ibsen are back and have, you know, have that cross covered. But what in the ever-living hell of Minnesota United defense would allow him to think that, that Boxel or Ibsen or Schuler <laughs> yeah. would be back to cover, you know, the wide-open defender, the wide-open uh, guy, you know, wide-open attacker right in the in the six-yard box. Um, the other one is obviously the TS on penalty in the first minute. And, and more, that was it, crushing because it was it, more so, so quick. And more so, yeah, and more so like just like everybody who was in the dark cloud section because I was right right there. Um, everybody just booing the ref, and the ref did not have a great game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I was just like, I was like, what the fucking TS on got beat, and he stuck his leg out, and the, and Erickson is a really good goal scorer, and he did what he was supposed to do. Like, yeah, he got. He, he got clipped a little bit, and he made it. He made it work. Like yeah. that was definitely a penalty. Mm-hmm. People just bitching and, and yelling for the first like fifteen what, minutes, which I actually that's kept, what the crowd does kept the team out of rhythm. I think because after about fifteen minutes, the team actually got into a really good rhythm after that. So either of course of those they are, did game states. Yeah, I know. Like we I talk know. about how often do we talk about? It. Of yeah. course the team goes so behind. Either, the, either well, those. we dominated possession after we went behind. Well, no shit. Yeah, that's how it works. Wow. Are those my worst moments of the game? What, would, what did you have? Do you have anything I, different? I, I specifically just put. Uh, man, I feel like we're looking at each other's notes now. <laughs> I, I specifically just. Put I wrote that mine first before penalty. you wrote yours. So. You don't know it. I don't know. You almost certainly did. <laughs> um, so it's it's that first penalty. First of all, it's it's just because we've dug ourselves into that hole. Now, like I get that we had a come from behind win earlier this year, but someone has to dig up the numbers for me, please. If you're listening, find the numbers since the beginning of 2017 when Minnesota joined MLS. Which teams have the very worst records when they fall behind? The Loons have to be near or at the top of that list. Yeah. They, they just historically dig themselves a hole, and not only do they not come back from it, but oftentimes they compound it really fast, like like quickly on their heels. I guess I'm glad that they didn't necessarily give up a second one in five minutes. Now, you're going to say, but David, wait, we did come back. We tied it one-to-one. Yes, it all goes together, though. So like, if, if we don't fall behind by that first goal, then Christian's goal puts us up. That allows the game state to change entirely in a way that's fortuitous to us. If it seems obvious to say, yeah, of course, if you never go behind, then of course you'll be better. My point is that United almost always goes behind first. And that if we went, only went behind, say, half of the time, that you take rather than just taking one goal away from every opponent's score, if you, it, it, the game state would change for significant periods of time throughout the game. It would change the way that we play in a way that would be fortuitous to us. Sure. That's what's a problem for me with giving up those early goals. Sure. As for Thiessen, whatever. Thiessen... That makes sense. I mean... Thiessen doesn't make the same volume and style of individual errors that we see in other places across the field. He had a moment, and I'm not about to, you know, lay dog poop at his door. Thiessen was was, was doing... He was doing, I think, the right thing, and he was trying to get uh, Erickson to commit to his left foot. Um, And then Erickson just... Crossed the ball back and went to his right foot, and Tyson was just was left. He was yeah. preventing the left foot strike. He was preventing that the, the T, uh, Erickson's uh, and like his best foot, and he got beat, and he just he stuck his leg out, and he yeah. So, you know that it sucked. It, it was a it was a 
blunder on his part, but he was. I think he was trying yeah. to do his job. I'm not, so. call, I'm not calling for his head. Oh, God, no. Francisco Calvo. Calvo, maybe. We'll talk about I that in a sec. Um, um, what's your most what-the-fuck moment then? Uh, so... As we mentioned, as I mentioned, um, so you know we got that we got the go back from the Ramira, the amazing Ramirez uh, uh, no look uh, chip. Um, in the 41st minute of the game, uh, Ramirez hit the crossbar. It hit the bottom of the crossbar. It didn't even hit the crossbar like on his way out. Like it was, God, he was so fucking close. Uh, Quintero made a great run, had a great shot. It was blo- mm-hmm. bo- uh, blocked by a defender, bounced off him, went straight to Ramirez. He hit the inside of the crossbar. If Minnesota scores that, they're up two to one mm-hmm. going into half. Again, and game state changes entirely. Exactly, and this that score could have made this a completely different game mm-hmm. for Minnesota. So that was my most what the fuck moment of the game. That's there are so many things to still feel good about so far. Like we're not a great team, no. And I think some people have probably oversold the amount of positivity that they've seen in a sort of subjective. Like we look better than our scores, but we have looked better than our points suggest. I think we're not drastically better, but I think we're better than 1.09 points per game, which is where we sit right now. And moments like you just described, another day, a gust of wind, and it's an entirely different game. You know, I feel like yeah. we've been on the uh, unfortunate end of a lot of those kinds of things. Sure. But yeah. Whatever. We're, it, we're still not a great team. No. Um, my most what-the-fuck moment, I don't want to talk about it too much, but Francisco Calvo is, like, having his Kanye moment right now. <laughs> Had another weird post-game <laughs> bullshit uh, type of discussion. Like, from a captain, his... Uh, he, he wants to tiptoe between being upset at the media and even being upset at his teammates. Well, he, I, he said, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I've been doing this game for eight years. You can blame me, but you shouldn't just blame me. You should blame my teammates because it's a team game. So he went from like saying, but, like blame me, but actually also blame the 10 yeah. other guys on the field. Yeah. So that was a really, considering what he said especially earlier. Especially from a captain. Well, yeah, and especially considering what he said earlier in the year. Like, it just doesn't jive well. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if – and I don't know. I just don't know how oh, like how long for Francisco Calvo is long for Minnesota. It, I mean, I'm, God, I really hope he has a really good uh, World Cup. And Yeah, I hope he gets his head straight. Yeah, you know, he can get sold back to a Costa Rican team or maybe a Mexican team. He was a solid dude last year, yeah, you know, as far as our back line went. Well, I mean, he was and he wasn't. That's kind of the other point, though, is that, like, when you actually look at some of the stats, like, I think the, he wasn't the best player, and, and it, the problem is the problem. I think is that, and then many peop, many other uh, writers have talked about or written about this is that I don't think his best position is as a left center back. Like he actually should be, um, is like a left wing back. You know, a left a left uh, fullback in a you know uh, three five two or something mm-hmm. a situation. Not not where he's playing right now. Like he's not fully optimized. Mm-hmm. Because he gets caught he out. Likes of position. To get, he likes to get forward. He gets caught out of position a lot on the left hand side. And if he was either, he's either in a defensive mid position in sort of that where you know Max Maximiano played uh, against LAFC, or um, as a straight number six in a, in a Sam Cronin role. That was what I was going to ask. What if he plays number six? Maybe yeah. that's he's in a better position. Maybe he's I in a better so. position. I just. I, I feel I, like we're more settled at our fullbacks now that we have elite fullbacks. But I think Tyson and Eric Miller is a better fullback pairing than what I see as the uncertainty at the number six. Do you want a defensive-minded Max Miano? Do you want the two number eights, as I tend to think of it, with Schuler and Ibsen? We've had kinds of success in each of those things, but he could be a great actual number six. Sure, yeah. But then what have we what have we spending on Max Miano for? I guess I don't know. 
depends on how quickly his uh, his he gets back to game fit and stuff like sure, that. Sure, yeah. Game, I mean, so. so I don't know. I, it's, I'm, I'm guessing I, I would I would hope that uh, Heath was keeping him in that sort of that role um, for the time being leading up to the World Cup and, and that either they're going to sell him or they'll move him into a different role after the World Cup. But I don't know. But Costa for, Ricans, man. Yeah. That's a shitty attitude. Kalman and, and Almsberg getting on the pitch. Kalman specifically. Kalman's uh, got to burn that footage. I don't want to go there again, but he needs to. <laughs> he needs to burn that footage. Um, referee scorecard. You had, you intimated. Yeah. You hinted that you had some thoughts. Well, here. I don't think uh, was it Victor Rivas was the was Rivas was his last name was it Victor. Yeah. Yeah. I, he did not. He did not really acquit himself well in his very first MLS game. Um, we he, should note that it was his first MLS game. He made he made the correct call on the the TA zone penalty. It was it was a it was a it was a penalty. Um, he should have the fact that he go to VAR for the Cabo one was not great. Like Cabo was literally coming out with his hands up in the air. Um, to be fair to Cabo, that was not his fault. Like that was Ibsen's guy that Ibsen drifted off of and uh, to double team another guy and Cabo had to come out and. Cobble came out with his hands up. Like the fact that they had to go to VAR for that it wasn't great. But little little first game uh, lack of confidence. Sure, maybe. sure. Better to get it right than get it wrong. But definitely, like watching from the stands and then rewatching the game, like definitely seemed like the whistles were going more towards San Jose than they were going towards Minnesota. Um, and the fact that yeah, you would and, and Adrian Heath mentioned this in his post game conference, and then I I, I I kept that in my mind as I was rewatching the game uh, yesterday. It was like. He's mentioned that both teams were like were looking at the referee, like kind of befuddled after whistles to see who he's going to call for a, a penalty or for a foul or whatever. I was like, actually, yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, like no one really kind of knew what was going on. I don't think Victor Rivas had a, a great first appearance in MLS. I gave him a C minus. You know um, what? You've, you've if only because he made the, the two penalties were the correct decisions. They were penalties. Yeah. So. You you talked me into a C minus. I'd given yeah. him a C. I, he got the penalties. He got the big calls right. I think there was one call he probably could have. It would have been a second yellow for a San Jose player. Bad, bad, on, chank, on, on bad tackle yeah. on Ramirez. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he, I think he did get that one wrong. But um, and, and, you know, he had calls that he, he got right and wrong throughout. But he got the big ones right generally, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, it was his first game. Uh, good for him. But you've yeah. talked me into a C-. minus. I do think there's a little bit of um, – uh, a lack of clarity about what to expect. Yeah, and what, and what I'll say is he was like far too lenient on San Jose, um, mostly because I can. Oh, actually, Quintero had a, a, a should have been maybe a foul that was called to him that where he stayed up, um, and it was not called because he stayed up, and San Jose went down easily, and you know he was pretty gullible, and they got the calls because they went down, and that's not that's not necessarily on him. I mean, it's on him because he should have figure that out what they were doing and all that but it's also behooven of minnesota to like understand this is a re this is the yeah. mls's you know first he's, referee's first game if he's gonna bite on that stuff then you, you got you got to go down you, you gotta know? i mean give it, as bad as you get yeah, yeah you know like if you're so not advocating for diving but it's also like if you get if you get touched and it feels like you should be going down you should go down right so trying not, to stay on your feet i mean you're not proving Salah, anything to anybody Salah gets this all the time when in, in liverpool like you know the guy is just a fucking tank and he's got a really low center of gravity so he doesn't go down as easily and then when he goes down he gets like you know get yellow cards for you know simulating diving when it's like well yeah he, but he should have been 
There should have been three falls on him on the entire right, right. path into the box. So. Oh, Mo. Anyways, so. Who uh, who has your Freddie Adu award for the best player of the game? Um, I was going to say, you know, I'm going to say Ramirez. Uh, he scored the goal. Obviously, it was an amazing goal. Um, he had the he should have scored a second goal, yep. which would have been amazing. But I kind of want to say more importantly, like the front four of uh, Ramirez, Gomez, um, Ibarra, and Quintero all played really well together. Mm-hmm. Like when they had the ball, they were moving good around. interchange. And, yeah. yeah, good interchange, moving around nicely. Ibarra, I mean, Ibarra starts on the right hand side, but he doesn't really have a position. He kind of just floats in and out yeah. of the field. And so all four of those guys played really well together. And the, and the fact that they're gelling as, as well as they are. I think bodes really well for Minnesota. If we could just figure out our fucking backline shit and our midfield, mm-hmm. yeah, but we have a decent team. So Ramirez is my star of the game, but uh, sorry, secondary stars are sort of that just whole front four. I think they all played fairly well together. Yep. How I, about you? I, I gave Christian as well um, because not just because of the goal, although that was amazing, but I think it, I think it, he did the things that make it clear why he's the best out of all of the strikers that we have. He's the best all around striker. He provides value on and off the ball. Yeah. And I'm saying the same shit every week now, so <laughs> I, I don't even know. Who's your Freddie Adu award? Uh, I don't know how to podcast. Who's your Freddie Adu award for the worst player, not just of this game, but of our whole lives? <laughs> uh, well, Frankie Calvo. Frankie. Frankie. Um, I mean, uh, Alex Sheaf said in his game recap for uh, 55-1, uh, the Minnesota's individual mistakes have repeatedly come from the center backs. In 10 games, that center back pairing, the Loons have allowed 18 goals. And this is the same center back pairing that they've had since February 3rd when they played for Florida International University. And those... Uh, well, it's been the preferred 18, center back pairing since last year, too. Yeah, those too, 18 goals are, the, are in only 10 MLS games. Um, so there's that. I also say, I mean, if you haven't read it, uh, uh, Colin O'Donnell, uh, who's on the uh, We Call Soccer podcast, he has, he's actually writing a, a column for uh, E Pluribus, e Pluribus yeah. And he talked about, like, how many actual defensive mistakes Francisco Calvo is responsible for and it's an insane number and the fact that this guy is talking shit and being an asshole to the media and calling out media outlets local blogs local yeah in he Minnesota called out, called out my website not Dave's he, I know he yeah, did not, not mention well, Dave's, not I Dave's I know yet but uh, <laughs> Frankie we're putting you on blast uh, you are yeah. a shitty fucking player do better <laughs> he's trying to get please. his banned from the scrum yeah uh, that was I, I, yeah. honestly he says if he had to like turn a jerky and say 55 one I don't want these guys on the uh, like in here it would it would blow my mind I would love it that's my goal <laughs> yeah Frankie Calvo it's a fucking terrible soccer player apparently I don't have I don't have anything to add to that let's uh <laughs> let's let's go ahead and pivot here do we have some uh, um, have, other United news here we do have other United news ah oh, speaking of Frankie Calvo. Um, <laughs> He's going to a World Cup. Vigorous jerk-off motion for all you podcast listeners. Just doing a vigorous jerk-off motion. He's still going. Still Mm. still going. Um, Little Loons are back at the NSC on Saturday starting at 930. Uh, There is uh, free coffee and donuts and lunch, I think, provided by the team. So go. go If we have any homeless listeners. Yeah, go to that. Um, Really cool uh, news. West Berdine of 55-1. A uh, friend of ours uh, is opening a bar in St. Paul uh, in June, early June, right before the World Cup. It's called the Black Heart of St. Paul. It's going to be in the uh, current townhouse. Uh, that's the super awesome gay bar um, at Albert and University. It's 
right by the Hamlin station, mm-hmm. about a thousand yards from the front of uh, Allianz Field. Yep. Um, that's going to be a really cool venue. We're going to do a bunch of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some live podcast. Oh, there you go. It's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, There's a, a, a soccer bar. Yeah. It's going to be a soccer bar, but it's going to uh, retain a sort of um, uh, LGBT plus friendly. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Deal. It's, yes. Try to keep a lot of their events going on. So it's I, I think it's co-themed. Yeah. In that West, sense now. West is keeping all the staff that are there right now. Yep. Um, he all the people who book sto- shows there and stuff are still booking shows there. Um, there'll be some soccer. Uh, there'll be some soccer themed stuff going on in addition to all the LGBTQ plus stuff that is going on right now. And so that's going to be really awesome. Um, I, I, you know, as partnership chair of the dark clouds, we're working with, with him to do some really awesome stuff, especially around the pride uh, game, which is the June 29th game against Dallas on a Friday. So that we have our T we have our TIFO yeah. figured out for that, by the way. So look, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. It's a secret, but okay. it's, it's going to be good. So yeah. So look for some really awesome announcements coming up on that. It's going to be, it's going to be two gay guys. That are literally playing a game of beanbag toss, you know, <laughs> cornhole. Yeah. That we're just gonna let that metaphor just sink into people's <laughs> heads silently. Nice, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Allianz Field is hosting the uh, opening match of the U.S. Men's National Team Gold Cup next year. Um, that was announced today. That I'm officially. excited about. Uh, it was uh, leaked yesterday. <laughs> um, sounds like, according to the team, that if you are a season ticket holder for 2019. Uh, you'll get an email in the fall about buying tickets for that game. So I don't. I don't. Really cool. I've never been to a U.S. Men's National. I've never been to any U.S. National Team game. I'm okay. not. A, I'm not an AO. Um, I don't go to the stuff like the like the Tottenham Milan game. Like I don't go to those. This is one I'll go to. This is gonna be cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We went to the. Um, Anna and I went to the uh, U.S. Women's Team Switzerland game at U.S. Bank, and it was it was awesome with the with uh, with AO and all that. But this is actually you know a game. Like I it matters. That, that was no. It was it was great. That was a game. The game didn't you know matter. And like this is actually a, a a tournament game, which would be really cool. And there's already talk about Allianz Field becoming the new Matt Free in terms of like where we're, we'll play. This is like the home base internet, when know, we need it. Where we'll play World Cup qualifiers mm-hmm. against teams when we actually you know in the winter or like in the yeah. in the in the in the elements when we need a win. Drag Costa Rica up here in the winter. Oh my God. Mexico up here in the winter oh. for, in a mark for a March game. Love yeah, it. take it. Uh, a couple of other bits of news. Dr. McGuire um, announced today, uh, I think probably during this whole same Allianz Field announcement, that the stadium is now $250 million. Um, when they originally pitched this to the city of St. Paul, uh, they said they were going to spend $150 million on the stadium plus $100 million in franchise fees. Um, that is now basically $250 million for the stadium plus $100 million in franchise fees. They're getting a little bit of help from the city of St. Paul in terms of tax breaks and some uh, easement stuff, um, you know, rebuilding a city grid that was going to need to be rebuilt anyways. So this is $250 million that... Um, as far as stadium deals go, this is a f- very privately yeah, supported that thing. Dr. McGuire and, and the people who are part of the uh, ownership group are doing themselves. So yeah. just, you know, it's... Funny how he said it was good. They build the stadium for 150 million dollars. They've actually cut back on some of the things they were gonna do when it, from the original build. And there's no still champagne fountain. No, yeah. Well, no, no bar behind the supporter section, which they said they were gonna do, which probably is now a, not a thing. Probably a safe idea. But. Uh, well, you know, they have it at Children's Mercy Park, and those guys seem to do all right. So, Lord anyways, and mercy. they and they cut off a bit of the roof on the north end of the stadium too. But 
Whatever. It's an expensive stadium. That's, Thank you, Dr. That's private Maguire. money. Whatever. But boo fucking who. You're paying $250 million. It'll be fine, yeah. Again, yeah, it's you not are, directly from you this can definitely, Yeah, you definitely can afford that, especially considering all the other Yeah, it's an owners. investment group. Yeah, it's not just <laughs> Bill so Maguire fucking who. literally writing checks. But. Uh, and then finally, the last piece of United News, uh, Frankie Calvo. <laughs> our boy, Frankie Calvo, <laughs> is going to be at uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Paul uh, on Friday from 4.30 to 6.30. Uh, he's going to be signing autographs. I literally playing, can't imagine being less interested in Playing that foosball with fans. Playing foosball. And, uh, and when I beat him, is he going to complain about how it was I don't his know. teammates? that was, I might, You know, I this entire going. back line plays as a unit. You know, you can't just put it on the center backs on this foosball. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking about going. In. I'm a really good foosball player. I'm kind of thinking oh, about yeah. doing that. Whoop his ass. Um, <laughs> whoop his ass and be like, that's all back line plays, motherfucker. <laughs> Scoring some goals from the back line. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Um. So, yeah, so if you want to go hang out with Frankie and uh, tell him what the Dave said about him so we can get banned from the next uh, uh, media scrum after the uh, um, KC game, that would be great. Please me, do that. Let me drop one more piece of news. Yeah. It's, not, it's not United specific, but um, tomorrow at Blackstack from, I think, 4 all the way to 11, they are having a kickoff party. And oh. by they, I mean uh, the new women's soccer team oh. in town, WPSL, My Ladies, Fire 98 SC, are going to have a kickoff party at Blackstack tomorrow, May 16th. From 4 to 11, you're going to be able to meet the players. There's going to be food there. There's going to be games, a lot of goofy stuff like that. Obviously, there's beer. It is a brewery. You can even go there and not give a shit about the soccer. Just drink some beer. If you are if you are Dark Cloud, you can get dollar off your beers. There you if go. You're Dark Cloud, Card of Wonder. And they're going to be selling. They're going to be selling merch and uh, season tickets. Season tickets are like 25 bucks. But yes. Like, like, buy like, those, please. It is affordable. Yeah. Um, they play at uh, they play at Seafoam Stadium. Play at Seafoam, which, which is, is a good, a really good location for them yeah, to be playing. It's at. not too far from where we record the podcast here at Fitzgerald's. It's Absolutely. just up the just up Selby a little bit. So, yeah. I unfortunately will not be there. I would typically, but tomorrow is my uh, anniversary. So. Oh. And I could not convince her to. The, yeah, the anniversary of the time I decided I wasn't going to go to this thing. <laughs> okay. No, uh, nine nine years of uh, matrimony. Oh, congratulations. Nine years. That's. I can count on one finger the number of things I've been into for nine years, and it's my wife, basically. So. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> you, you said, like, you don't know what to say. Like, Yeah, no, I was, I was just trying to think about how, like, how many... I, I've been to, into many things for nine years, but... Nah, like, I've... Uh, I'm a squirrel when know. it comes to fucking campaigns. Uh, weed. <laughs> Dude, one of Anal. the things that one of the things that people rarely talk about <laughs> is um, that marijuana is is not Whiskey. just illegal, but it's a it's a sin in God's eyes as well. Okay. Did you know that? I did not realize that. No, it's I mean, not. It's not. It, it doesn't just break it, man's did law. God, it breaks did God's God law too. Us the weed by putting it on the earth. No, 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 no. The devil put that there. Oh. Oh, I didn't. In the garden, that. you know, no. When the snake, uh, you know, a serpent lurking in the grass, you know, mm -hmm. he, uh, no, he planted the seeds, both of doubt in the hearts of man and also of and also marijuana. Weed. What about uh, coca? Uh, uh, that was made by the government. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just marijuana. Cocaine's hell of a drug. Uh, cocaine is what like that's, fancy executives that's straight do, from man. God, right? Uh, not my God. Okay, maybe well, your God. Fair enough. Anyways. Um, all right. Off topic. Moving there. along. Um, we are going to forego Better Than Loon because I was going to write a bunch of snarky stuff about Franco Francisco Calvo. I think we've said but enough I'll, about <laughs> But I'll wait till next week when he's not playing anymore for us. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Let's let's get into uh, the actual meat of the podcast. The Sprox. The Sprox. 
Well, so Sporting Kansas City, we'll break it down the way that we uh, break down every game uh, as we look forward to it. Talk about who's good, who's poor, how we should play them, and uh, give some score predictions. So right. you just took a big drink. I did. Which maybe is you thinking about this game coming. Who's good for the uh, Sporting Kansas Cities? Um, you really can't. You can't say everybody. Can't you? No. Well, you you can. You can, and you probably should. Um, Timalia. Yeah, they're a very good team. They they did not start off well in terms of uh, goals conceded, um, where everybody was like, "Holy shit!" Like, is this sporting? Is this, what's going on? And and since then. Um, since then, they've given up three goals in the last seven matches, taking 16 of 21 points. Uh, Tim Malia has been the catalyst of that. Of that, basically, like come back to form. He's standing um, on his head. He's probably, probably the best goalkeeper in uh, in MLS right now. You know, he's he's, he's up there. The he's definitely yeah. yeah. He had an outstanding performance against Atlanta FC. Uh, he stood on his head for for those guys. He's got a great um, team in front of him. That's yeah. Uh, they brought in so K- Sporting KC brought in Johnny Russell and Philippe Gutierrez. Uh, they have been amazing. Russell specifically, Gutierrez has been injured, so he's been, but he was on fire earlier in the year. Yeah, and he's come back into form. Um, and I haven't even talked about Ikopara, who you know is a particular thorn in Minnesota's side. Yes. he seems to score some thunder bastards against Minnesota, despite being a defender. Despite by the being, way. <laughs> despite being a central defender, yeah. yes. Um, uh, He's like Calvo. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Madronda is a great uh, uh, great defender. Matt Pizor is a great defender. Yeah. Um, well, Madronda is uh, sort of he, – he, he can play – he plays uh, a wing back yeah, style. Yeah, pretty much. Really. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't really have – I mean, spoiler alert, they don't really have a who sucks. We didn't even talk, I can talk about, about their I, I, DP I have, central midfield. I have already. one guy, but, yeah, why don't you tell me who's good that I haven't already talked about or yeah. you talk about the other guys too. I, I didn't have too much to add. Yeah. So it was it – was, their team was really weird to figure out at the beginning of the season as they were winning, like, fucking four to three games. Like, Sporting Kansas City doesn't win four to three games. Mm-hmm. They win one to zero games. Um, uh, the, Kyrie Shelton is – I hinted at him earlier – He's the striker du jour right now, uh, and he plays alone up top, basically. He is, I compared him to Miguel Ibarra, who plays more of a midfield role, in that he uses his body, his pace, his positioning to drag people around. Kyrie Shelton is cool at doing that, and it enables a lot of dudes like Fernandez uh, and um, 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 Johnny Russell, Johnny Russell uh, yeah. on the wings to to score the goals. Unfortunately, Shelton is not scoring the goals, so I've, I've sort of hinted my who's bad kind of element to that. He's not bad. But he's not scoring goals, <laughs> and that has got to be an issue for them. You read my notes, uh, apparently, for this one. Dude, our notes are fucking identical. Yeah. I, I, so I don't I, know if it's good or bad. but So, yeah, I'd say Kyrie Sheldon has done Yelman's work at center forward. He, yeah, he's doing that Christian Ramirez stuff. He has 23 shots on goal and zero goals. He has a 3.20 expected goal, and he's got zero goals. It's not um, good. That is the worst in the league in terms of expected goals yeah. by – by like almost two goals. It's it's a huge by margin, almost two goals. Yeah. Um, so he sucks <laughs> so until he sucks until, until he actually scores He's, against Minnesota. Well, he sucks he in the same way that Darlington Nagby sucks, yeah. right? Does Darlington Nagby suck? I don't know because yeah. he's really really good at what yeah. he does, but he doesn't get quote points. He doesn't yeah. get stats. No. So so what so what will happen is that but he, he has to do better he than he's doing. He will score against Minnesota this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's why I thought um, too. Yeah. Also, in, in terms of who sucks, I have Peter Vermees because he's a fucking asshole. Um, 
The seam really doesn't have a weakness, so that's my. It doesn't really have a weakness. No, no. Um, we'll we'll see how uh, Felipe Gutierrez is coming back from his injury. I don't know if he's going to find time against Minnesota, but he is working his way back to health, and this team becomes even scarier once he's back. So, so an interesting question I have for you is: yeah. so obviously, like Sporting Kansas City is is clearly the best team in the West right now. LAFC will probably give him a tickle, but I, I would say they're the best. Yeah. How does this? How does this Sporting Kansas City team? line up with the Eastern Conference teams in terms of like if, if this team if Sporting Kansas City was in the Eastern Conference and you know they've been in the Eastern Conference before right where would this team be with so I mean obviously Atlanta they beat Atlanta on the road so um, Atlanta is the best team in in the East right now according the, to the table they may be the best team in the league um, probably the best team in the league but you know I think they're right up there yeah. I mean, I don't. So you can only go on evidence. They're top two or three. Both both the eye test, where they're very very good at the eye test. Yeah. And then they beat Atlanta on the. I mean, what other test is there? I mean, that's a uh, Atlanta on the road is a towering test. They beat it. Yeah. So. Um, so have we though. We beat Atlanta on the road. Not this year, <laughs> but wait, yeah. Well, we beat Kansas City last yeah, year. Yeah, we're too. only yeah we're only uh, we're only uh, one of two teams to beat Atlanta on the road. Yeah. Or three teams. Now we're sorry. now we're yeah. playing each other. So yeah. you know, like I. Um, I think they stack up any, anywhere. Sure. Um, and, okay. and I think that they're in a good run of form now, too. Now, here's what I'll say, because we're kind of getting into the who's bad thing. I don't have a particular player other than that Kyrie Shelton needs to start putting up numbers. I'll also say that Johan Kreuze, who is their DP central midfielder whom they uh, acquired this offseason, he, again, he's, he's not necessarily supposed to be scoring all the goals but he probably needs to start putting some more points up he only has one goal so far as well so that makes a total of one goal that they have coming out of the center center of the park sure that is probably unsustainable in the long term and i'll look at some of their recent wins you know they're on a great run but i look at a three to two narrow win over san jose at home a narrow one to nothing win over dc united a come from behind two to two draw against seattle uh, just a one to nothing win over Colorado. Those are four teams that suck balls. And Sporting just beat them out by a goal in each of those instances at home. It's not like they're necessarily dominating everything, everyone. They have a good road record, too, by the way. I don't want to pretend that yeah. they don't. Um, they are a good all around team. But I really think they are beatable. I, th I think that you get that lucky bounce and you can turn it around on, a, on any given weekend. Minnesota at home. Uh, playing sporting in this case a, a team that plays shitty teams and doesn't always just dominate them maybe we can be the not quite as shitty team that ekes one past them okay how's that for a take that's a that's an that's no, a, don't get me that's they, an interesting take Let's, they, well yeah. they also beat vancouver like six to nothing too yeah, so yeah, i mean yeah. you know oh, yeah, they, they, they can put the hammer and, down well vancouver but, got like what two red cards three red cards in that game or something like that so it was yeah, it was what it was, was nasl style but yeah. but i'm serious those are four teams that are among the worst teams in the league by far objectively yeah and they're barely eking out wings and or in the case of seattle just a draw and we're not just a Above those, I think four we're just. I think we're, I think we're just above that. <laughs> okay, like we are not Seattle. Okay. You, okay. I, we lost to Seattle. We're not San Jose. We lost yeah. to San Jose twice. twice. <laughs> once at home, once on the road. I, I, I think that we look better than those teams have looked. Result, okay. Results aside, right. I think we've looked better than those teams have, have often looked. I think we could be a team that gets one past them here. All right, fair enough. So, all right, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you lead off with this one. How uh, do we how do we play them? Because you clearly I, think we have a, a a a road to victory. How do we play them? Because I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoiler alert. I do not think we have a road to victory. Dude, I it was really weird because I always have some like stuff to say on this. I have no idea exactly how United should play. I believe that 
theirs is a team that is custom built to beat Minnesota United. I'm guessing because of the way I predict games, that means that we're going to win three to nothing. But anyways, here's a couple of things I think. Okay, okay. this is my, the, the, me. this is the least confident I've ever been. This is a game where we could really use an actual bona fide number six like Maximiano. Kyrie Shelton likes to create space for dudes, pull dudes around. Um, Sporting Kansas City likes to push their fullbacks high. And that width plus a guy like Shelton kind of making those diagonal runs can make some tough decisions for somebody who's like a fullback. It can spread the distance between a center back and a fullback. It can do all those kinds of things. Having a, a, an actual stay-at-home number six to clean up messes, to um, fill in gaps when we create gaps, could be really, really useful against what is a really good offense in Sporting Kansas City. So I think if you're on the fence about somebody like Max Miano or Rasmus Schuler, I'd love to see Max Miano. Second of all, as for those fullbacks getting forward, obviously the opposite of that is that they leave space in behind them. That space is best taken advantage of if it's acted on quickly. That spells counterattack. It's hard to say stuff like counterattack when you're at home. You want to own possession. But against a team like this, they want to push the fullbacks really high on both sides of the field, not just one into a pivot. Try to get in behind them with a diagonal run as quickly as you can. Play Ramirez if he's healthy to do a little hold-up play, allow allow other guys to come up there quickly and, and give him some support. Um, those are two thoughts I have. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll end with this thought, and then I'll, I'll let you run it over. I look at my notes about how to play him this week. I look at my tactical previews for 55-1, and I'm reminded that so much of what I advocate for tactically is extremely reactive. It, it's often a game uh, for me where I'm saying, like, well, X team plays like this, so we should play like that and hit them at that weakness or whatever. And that, I think, is a super-duper simple way to think about tactics. I think it's probably overly predictable. And I think I wish I had more tactical new in truth. But as I think about those games, I also don't know what else I would advocate for because I honestly think we're not really that great a team. And the best way to think about that is think of your sporting Kansas City thinking about uh, us for this week, how you're preparing for us. How would you say what is the weakness? How would you say what do you counter? Sporting isn't having that kind of conversation. Sporting, con no. Sporting KC is having a conversation about we are going to assert our will. We have a style that we want to play, and we can best force them onto their heels with this application of that style. Can you imagine us having that conversation mm. right now against Sporting? Where is it, well, we'll just let Ibsen you know, walk all over Croizet and then whoever they're going to play in the center. But I can't even imagine having that conversation right now. Yeah, we I cannot <laughs> enforce our will on any team, even teams that were probably better than even against uh, like San Jose. Jose yeah. I was still like, we're better than San Jose, yeah. but we can't just go do our thing and walk all over. And, and, and we here's here's the thing though is that, that we actually we actually kind of did for a little bit. And, we can, but it's hard to plan that way. Well, I mean, is it though? I think so. I wouldn't I wouldn't have just counted on saying play our way and we're just gonna play right past them. On a man-to-man -man basis, on an individual man-level basis, we don't have really elite players. I wouldn't count on my number six beating your number eight. I wouldn't count on my center back beating your forward in most cases against most teams. That's uh, true. Top to bottom on the pitch. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, that so that that like ultimately defines sort of like this Minnesota United team is that and and honestly, I think the the coach in the front office is that we don't have the players to do, to do that. We don't have the players to impose our will upon another team. Um, obviously we can, and we can for periods of time. Mm -hmm. We've already done that mm -hmm. for multiple periods of time against teams. Even uh, good ones. Yeah. Even good teams this year. Um, but we can't do it on a regular basis. And it's always, it's always a reactionary thing um, based on, 
a, a fucking miscue or something we fuck up and we allow, you know, like, you know, for example, like the San Jose game where we give up that early goal and then we're able to like do our thing, but it's like, oh, so yeah, so like, because San Jose was kind of sat back for a little bit or whatever and just, so, so yeah, I, I really 100% agree with you on, on that. Um, you know, we've talked so many times about how this team is either, this team is not, they don't know if they're a, a possession team, which is what they apparently want to be, or Ostensibly, a, yeah. or a counterattacking team, which is probably what they should be based on everything that we've seen, like all the data, all the fucking data we see about this team says that this team should be a counter counterattacking team, yet they're not. Yet they don't, that's not what they try to be. Mm-hmm. Even on the fucking road, they don't try to be that, which is, my, like, boggles my mind. I don't know how we should play them. Like, whatever. I don't know either. You know what? <laughs> we, we, when this, when Kansas City came to Minnesota for the first uh, time last year, um, they were, they were weak. Uh, they had a, bunch of uh, young kids in the lineup and Ibarra basically worked um, worked a couple of young defenders and that's how he won this game mm-hmm. and ever since then Peter Vermees has just been like you know what fuck you we're not losing to you ever again yeah. and I don't know when we will beat Kansas City again ever um, <laughs> maybe never you know definitely not as long as Adrian Heath is his fucking coach <laughs> so um, I think Kansas City wins 3-1 um, that's gonna be that's generous I think they win three one going away. Like they could probably put five behind us. I so I gave them a two to one edge. Um, okay. I, I don't know why. I, I feel like we're not gonna let things get wildly out of hand, but I, I just don't see a win in it and I don't see exactly how we counter either their strengths or take advantage of their weaknesses yeah. real really well. So Well, there's your uh, there's your exciting predictions here. I think we should start moving into the uh, into the closing details here. So let's look at um, next picture. It didn't happen. I'm looking at last week's scores here. So why don't we why don't we run around the scores here and um, <laughs> sure. So here we go. We'll, we'll read them off real quick. Okay. Um, Columbus Crew one, Philadelphia Union zero. We both called that because Columbus Crew, goddamn good team this yeah, year. Yeah, and Union and last great. year. Atlanta United and Sporting Kansas City. Sporting wins two to nothing. Uh, Toronto and Seattle, a match of MLS uh, uh, finalists each of the last two years, but two real shitty teams this year? Question mark. Uh, well, S- Seattle maybe. Toronto, I don't think. But Seattle won. Seattle won. Good two to them. one. So who knows? Chicago Fire beat the Montreal Impact uh, one to nothing. Finally, another pick that we had right, or at least you did, yeah, David I had Zeller. That one. LAFC beat Minnesota United two to nothing. We already knew that, and hey, both of us called that. <laughs> uh, Vancouver Whitecaps drew two to two against the Houston Dynamo. I knew that was going to happen. Minnesota United then uh, came back and lost one to three against San Jose. We both felt really good about that game. We were wrong. Yes, we were. Montreal Impact lost uh, to Philadelphia Union two Fucking to nothing. Union. Montreal Impact scored zero goals this week. Uh, they make other teams look good. Yeah. FC Dallas beat the LA Galaxy three to two. FC Dallas is fun to watch again, by the way. They are, and, uh, and at home especially, they are very fun to absolutely. watch. Absolutely. That was uh, that was I picked that one correctly. Zeller had that one. New England Revs uh, three. Toronto FC two. Toronto lost twice this week. Revolution are actually not a bad team this year, man. Not but a bad team this year. I I I don't I cannot say anything about the Revs until <laughs> Brad I just Friedel. look at the Brad look at the Friedel. end of the end of season stats. It's in. Columbus Crew, three. Chicago Fire, nothing. I called that win because I like the crew. They have the best defense in the league this year. I did not see an ass whooping like this, No, they did not. Yeah, you got that one correct. Uh, Rail Salt Lake, three. DC United, two. Uh, We both called it in the shittiest game that we could imagine watching. Colorado Rapids lost to New York Red Bulls, two to one. We both saw that coming. Red Bulls, very, very good this year. Yes. Um, They have a few games in hand, so they look a little lower on the table, but points per game, 
They're right up there. They're on their way up. Timbers and Seattle Sounders, typically a good game. Eh, well, this, this year, this year less good game. Portland yeah. wins one to nothing. I saw that coming. Orlando City lost to Atlanta United as well. They fucking deserve to. I saw that coming as well. Two to one. See that Justin Miram goal that he scored, and then no one, uh, <laughs> no one <laughs> celebrated with him. Did you see that Will Johnson fucking reaction? No. Uh, go, why don't you just go ahead and Google Will Johnson reaction, and I'm sure it's the first <laughs> thing that will come up. He was upset the other day. Okay. Um, LAFC in New York City FC, the battle of the Kurt Russell Escape From series. Oh, shit. That, that's that's what really, they should call the derby. Like the Kurt Russell derby. The Escape From derby. Yeah, the Escape From derby or the Kurt Russell derby. <laughs> I like that. That's, a, that's fucking great. Well, nobody escaped this one. LAFC no. 2, NYC FC 2. We said that was going to be a great game. Yeah. And it, it was a good game. Turned out to be a very good so game. I called I that. really like the Escape From derby. We got to get that going on the uh, the internets. Yes. Try and spread that around. Yeah, or this oh the Snake Pilkin Derby. The st- oh god damn it yes. Holy shit. We got to get you this guys, out this there. Is, this is great fucking content right here. <laughs> uh, let's talk about our picks for this upcoming week. Um, yeah yeah go ahead. Vancouver hosting San Jose. I have Vancouver beating San Jose three nothing at home. What I just got, got Vancouver one to nothing. San Jose's still bad just because they beat us twice doesn't sure. mean that they're not yes, bad. Yes that's fair. Um I have Toronto so the next game uh, is on uh, Friday. Toronto FC hosting Orlando City. I got uh, Toronto FC winning two to nothing in uh, or at home against it, Orlando City. It hurts me, but Toronto might actually be bad, and Orlando City I, actually might be good. I've got dude, Orlando uh, City three to one on the road. All right, all right. Uh, Saturday, uh, NYCFC four, Colorado Rapids one. Uh, NYCFC, I got two Colorado Rapids none. All right. Portland hosts LAFC. I have a 1-1 draw in uh, Portland. I got a 2-2 draw. They're going to be a good All game. Right. Uh, FC Dallas hosting Vancouver. 2-1 I have for FC Dallas. We're just calling the same fucking teams. I got uh, Dallas 1-0. All right. Uh, Philadelphia 3 versus Real Salt Lake. 1 uh, in Philadelphia. You 3 for Philadelphia? 3 for Philadelphia. That is a lot of love. It's a lot of brother not bad, man. Uh, uh, nah. Uh, RSL is going to tie them one-to-one on the road. All right. New England versus Columbus. Uh, I think New England's not bad this year. I think New England is a is a four or five seed. I think I have them beating Columbus one nothing at home. Wow. I've, I've, I think Columbus is a borderline elite team this year. Okay. Two to nothing. Uh, Jossie's art is for Golden Boot. All right. Uh, <laughs> the Earth- okay. Earthquakes versus uh, D.C. United. I have a 1-1 draw in uh, San Jose. I got a 0-0 draw. I, I, I right. will not watch this. If it's on TV where I'm at, I will leave. Eventually walk away. Uh, Sporks versus uh, Minnesota yeah, United FC at yeah. home from Minnesota. We have uh, I have one three. You have one two. Yeah. Uh, to the Sporks. Fucking Sporks. All right. Uh, Chicago uh, hosting Houston Dynamo. I have a four two Chicago Fire victory. Chicago. I, t- I can't figure out Chicago this year, but I, they're certainly not as good as they were last year. That's the only thing I know. Uh, Houston wins on the road two to one. Yes, I get it. Houston's bad on the road and they're great at home. Blah blah blah. Houston wins two to one on the road. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Atlanta United hosting the New York Red Bulls. There's another goddamn good match. The very, this is a very good match. Uh, Snake Plissken Part Two. <laughs> no, you know. No. Oh wait, Atlanta. Atlanta. I looked at the wrong fucking. Team. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the, that'd be teams. the straight-to-video fucking <laughs> Kurt Russell movie where he tries to get out of Atlanta. That's fair. Um, I don't know how to read. Yeah, Atlanta United. I'd be Atlanta United winning three to two over the New York Red Bulls. I got a three to three. Yeah. I'm glad we both think it'll be a good game. That should be a very good game, actually. And then. Uh, in a weird Monday 2 p.m. game in Montreal, so 1 p.m. Central Time, uh, 12, so uh, sorry, 11 a.m. L.A. Time, uh, Montreal Impact 
host the LA Galaxy. I have the Montreal Impact winning 2-1 to one because why the fuck are they playing this game on a Monday at 2 p.m. Montreal time? There's got to be some specific reason. I, I doubt they just thought it would be an elite marketing yeah. opportunity. Um, but sure. you know what? I've got I've got Impact winning 5-4 to four against the Galaxy. Why the fuck not? Well, for, I know that Montreal has to allow a lot of goals, but L.A., I, j- I just see them giving up the, the – <laughs> L.A. is still trying to fix a lot of things. So the only way I can figure Montreal will win is if they put up five because there's no way they're going to allow fewer than four. Sure. That's fair. That's it. That makes that's my That's my yeah, logic. Total sense. Uh, we have a couple questions. Um, so at campaign expert, uh, Brian Hamp says, which one of you is more jealous because you're not by a bar? And he, he I think spelled he must it B-U-Y. not buying a bar. Yeah, you're not buying a well, bar. I actually actually talked with Wes about um, f- funding for the bar. Oh, yeah? So I could have gone in with him on it, and ultimately I decided not to because I, I want to buy a deck. <laughs> so, so I'm not jealous at all because I, was, I, I had the opportunity to, I and I said not, no. I was not approached about investing in a bar, so he, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm I've got this reputation for elite not wealth. Buying, not buy a bar? I guess yeah. I guess you're jealous. I I got a I got a chance and I turned it down. Man. Yeah. No. I actually I I would I would love I've, I've I've talked about this with many people. I would love to own a bar. I would love to own a soccer bar in the Midway. Um, I'm also uh, I've worked in the restaurant and bar industry, so I know how much what the fucking margins are, and I don't think I could reasonably convince my wife to fund my bar because I would have to fund ask my wife to fund my bar. I don't. Well, you've think got one of those kind of marriages. Yeah, I huh? don't. I don't think I could actually, you know, reasonably do that with like a modicum of respect for myself or for my wife. So, um, so yeah. So I guess neither of us are then. Not too jealous. Yeah. I have to. Gonna, I have I'm to gonna, be considered the less jealous. Yeah, of the two I'm going to spend a lot of time at Wes's bar. And, yeah. Oh, and, me too. And we're we'll probably, you know, we should probably start recording the podcast there. Yeah. You know, once, I'll, once I'll, pa- get, I'll once patronize West. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, and then the other question uh, from. Uh, at Chalk Ra- you can't pronounce Chalk all the Reed. Twitter handles. Uh, it's Jake uh, Chalkraft. He does the he does the social media stuff for the Dark Clouds. How many Ibsens would it take to beat Boxall in a fight? What kind of fight? That's a good question. Um, let's say the straight fisticuffs. Are we talking the gentleman's boxing? Are we talking? Are we let's talking a fucking brutal back alley lead pipe beatdown? All right, let's say it's a it's a it's a back alley fight. Okay. Um, whatever you can find in the alley. So lead pipes. Are cool. Improvised weapon trash fight. Cans, okay. Improvised weapon fight. Um, so how many Ibsens do you need to beat a boxel in a fight? So I th- I think it's I think it'd be a great fight because I, I think that obviously Boxall has the size he has the physicality but Ibsen is creative and as we've seen he can even get shit done while he's on his knees so uh, the way I see the True. fight playing out is I see Boxall immediately with the reach advantage and stuff like putting Ibsen on his knees you know with a lead pipe or something like that and then uh, Ibsen not to be outdone starts whooping some ass from the ground doing some creative stuff doing like Home Alone level shit that has him like slipping on cars and stuff because yeah. And, I think it's a one-on-one fight, and I think one-on-one, they fight to the death, and both of them die, and nobody <laughs> wins. <laughs> All right. It's a very specific prediction. It's very, do, you, do you have an answer for this? It's very. Um, so I guess I guess. I mean, in that, in that very specific scenario, I think you're right. I think uh, I think Ibsen has the uh, has the has the edge just because he's so slippery, and in spite of his age, who's he's actually younger than I am. Um, older than you, but younger than me. 
He's still pretty fucking fast. Uh, yeah. And Boxel is basically, uh, you he's know, he's a Kiwi giant. Yeah, he's just a you know fucking Frankenstein. So I, I want to be clear monster. here. I think that, I think that, um, what's his fit? What who what? Uh, I think that Boxall would la- Boxall would land a blow on Ibsen that sure. would kill him, but I think that then Ibsen would turn around and land an immediate death on uh, Boxall. So like However, like- Ibsen would then slowly bleed to death, and so so Ibsen would die later, but they would both die. They would both die, but but yes. I don't yeah. know if that counts as a win that you didn't die as quickly. That's right. <laughs> oh, I think actually, the, so the question here I think actually should be. Um, how many Ibsens would it take to beat a Boxel midfield in a fight? So two Boxels. You get two Boxels. Um, let's, say, let's say we're on a soccer pitch. So all, all you have are the things that are, would be available to you on a soccer pitch. Like some cones and a net. Cones, and net. Well, you don't have cones because cones aren't on the soccer pitch, but flags. Flags, okay. Uh, the net. Whistle. A whistle. I see Ibsen choking a Boxel with a whistle. How many? But how many Ibsens would it take to beat two boxes? Three. three. Now, now you're getting too physical. So I, I, I think, you know. I think you need at least four. Four Ibsens. Yeah, I think you need at it's least the two, second box all. That's Ibsons the key. Two Ibsens per box all. Yeah. It's a two at Ibsens least, per would, box all and ratio. I, and I would, yeah, I would maybe actually lean towards at least five. If I you get two boxes. That you, reach. Well, yeah, but you know that Ibsen played in the UEFA Champions League, right? Oh, so you're assuming so. <laughs> Okay, I don't so, know what that means. So you're presuming <laughs> that uh, Ibsen's gonna uh, file down his uh, his studs. Little make sh- them a little. Yeah they, uh, yeah, they don't call these cleats; they call them shivs. Yeah, a little, yeah. little more spiky. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's what uh, I could my, be talking. I could be talking to three Ibsen's then for two boxels, but that's my daughter much. always says like if I try to give her a kiss goodnight or something. Natalie says some. Um, Your beard is too spiky. But then one time she she said your beard is too spicy, and now she just says that my beard is spicy. Your beard is not spicy. Look, yeah, if you you guys are listening at home, if you've never seen me in person, there's nothing spicy about my beard. Man, uh, it's got like a salt and pepper fucking vibe to it. All right, so uh, Jake, if you want to, if you actually want us to answer your question, give us a little bit some parameters. Yeah, come on, like, Jake. What, like, how, Jesus how are they Christ. fighting? What are they fighting over? Like, is, fight? is there a princess involved? Is there is there a, a a Champions League trophy involved? What like what? So like. Give us a little bit of parameters. We can't just say how many Ibsen's it's going to take to beat a box in a fight because we don't really actually know. We can make some. They're, fi- they're fighting over season tickets to the, the Fire 98 SC. And you know who's going to win that one? I'm guessing. Uh, everybody who comes to watch it. Yeah, everybody who comes to watch those guys those fight. Those are the real winners. Yeah. And then you all get tickets to the Fire 98. Absolutely. It's going to yeah. be fucking so, amazing. Um, Where can they find us? That's it. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at the days I know dot, or sorry, days I know dot com. So we're still getting back into the hang of this thing. Uh, email us questions at the Daves I know I'm at gmail.com. We're at, at TDIKMN on Twitter. You can find me at Texas Zeller. You can find uh, Martin at Regular David on Twitter. He's I'll never get used to that. Regular Twitter David. I'm not gonna really get used to that. We're gonna need to change that in the uh, in the uh, the episode template. template. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna keep doing the other other template. Um anyways, yeah, come see us. Uh you're gonna be at the game. You're gonna be at the game on Sunday because we got we got a big ass Tifo coming out. It's not a big ass one. Well, it's a Tifo. Which it's is a, awesome. It's, it's a regular ass Tifo, yeah. which is great. Uh, so come check out David's Tifo and all the work that him and his team put together on that because that's gonna be really awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, come say hi to me. I'll be in the uh, I'll be in the section as well, probably near the front of the section. So, uh, yeah, we'll see y'all on uh, Sunday when we lose three uh, one <laughs> to uh, Sporting Kansas City. See you Sunday. Hey, we are the Daves. You know, this has been the Daves I know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all can't nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.